I'm Rin, and I'm here at the Commonwealth Center for Holistic Herbalism in Boston, Massachusetts, and on the internet everywhere, thanks to the power of the podcast. This week, uh, I'm going to be flying solo, and I'm going to be talking to you about herbs for toothache, because I have a toothache, <laughs> and uh, it's no fun, and uh, it's uh, just spurring me to tell you all about uh, how we cope with that around here, and ways that you might do that yourself. So first, I just want to give you a little reminder that I'm not a doctor. I'm an herbalist and a holistic health educator. The ideas discussed in this podcast do not constitute medical advice. No state or federal authority licenses herbalists in the United States, and these discussions are for educational purposes only. We want to remind you that good health doesn't mean the same thing for everyone. Good health doesn't exist as an objective standard. It's influenced by your individual needs, experiences, and goals. So we're not trying to present a dogmatic right way that you should adhere to. Everyone's body is different, so the things we're talking about may or may not apply directly to you, but they will give you some information to think about and ideas to research further. Finding your way to better health is both your right and your own personal responsibility. This doesn't mean you're alone on the journey, but it does mean that the final decision when considering any course of action, whether that's discussed on the internet or prescribed by a physician, is always yours to make. Okay, so uh, yeah, I've got a toothache, and I have had for a few days now... Um, it's been kind of a whole series of things, uh, that have been going on in my, in my sinuses and, and surrounding area. I think they are possibly all related, uh, so I've been kind of tracking them down one at a time. Uh, last week I was working with ground ivy a lot, uh, to relieve some sinus and, uh, lymphatic congestion in the, in the ear, nose, throat situation. And, uh, yeah, this week I've got this, uh, toothache acting up. I think it's, uh, a filling that has, uh, partially uh, fallen apart and uh, might need to get replaced. So don't worry, I am going to go and uh, see a dentist and have them look around and uh, see if uh, some reconstruction needs to get done in there. Uh, no problem. But in the meantime, uh, of course, you can't always get an appointment right away. Uh, I'm fortunate because I'm going to be able to get one pretty soon. But uh, in the meantime, I definitely have been looking for some uh, pain-killing support, uh, especially last night when it was uh, kind of at a peak. So, uh, what I started with was Spilanthes. So, that's, uh, botanical name is Acmella oleracea. Uh, this is a plant that's also sometimes known as toothache plant. <laughs> so you can imagine that, uh, it's, uh, well known for this, for this benefit and for this effect. Uh, Spilanthes has a tingly flavor to it. When you taste Spilanthes, it's like your whole tongue and your gums start to tingle. Uh, that has what we call a sialagog effect as well, which is just a fancy way of saying that it stimulates salivation. Uh, but that tingle is actually really helpful. Um, it helps us to know that there's some act activity occurring in the nerve tissue itself. Uh, that tingling is not just a matter of, uh, you know, like... Um, uh, pressure uh, or a sensation that's happening on the on the surface of the gums. Um, that tingling is is you really feeling the shape of the nerves <laughs> in your face. Uh, so I find that to be really kind of fascinating. Um, Spilanthes, uh, the way that I've been taking it is as a tincture. And actually, all of the herbs that I'm going to discuss today, I've been taking them as tinctures uh, for this toothache mainly because you can uh, put it right where you want it. <laughs> you know, we often say uh, when we're talking about herbalism and medicine making that a real key factor is to get the herb to the tissue. Um, so by that, we, we mean that if I uh, have a, a scratch or something on my arm, 
uh, I'm not going to only take my herbs by mouth uh, to try to help that heal. I'm going to put them right onto the scratch. So with that kind of thing, it's it's pretty clear and obvious, but we do find a lot of times, especially with, with pain relief, um, that people have the, the primary idea in mind in advance of, like, swallow something and get that pain relief in my low back pain or my twisted ankle or my toothache or whatever it is. Uh, but in all of those cases, we would prefer to get the herb right to where it's needed most. So topical preparations are where it's at. And tincture we usually think of as an internal thing, but in this case it's going to be topical in a way, right? Topical to the gums, uh, to the to the tooth, to the, the nerves that, that underlie those tissues. And um, the way we accomplish that is real simple. We're going to just take a, a dropper top, squeeze it full of our tincture, and then uh, point it uh, as close as we can to the area that hurts the most, and squeeze and get a little stream of tincture right over there. Uh, my toothache is on the upper right side, so I've also been kind of bending my head over <laughs> in a sort of odd posture uh, for about 30 seconds after I squirt it in there so that I can really kind of move the, the tincture um, uh, right to the area where it hurts the most, right around those, those couple of teeth, uh, the spot between them. Uh, and the gum tissue there. You can also do that without contorting yourself, but just kind of like like you would move any other, you know, small amount of fluid around in your mouth and get it right to where where you want it. Um, you can do that with your tinctures. So that's the the best way to to take them. Um, if I was to just squirt the Spilanthes tincture on my mouth, like in, in on my tongue, I mean, um, or if I was to like squirt it into a cup of water and drink it down, it wouldn't be as effective because it wouldn't be as concentrated right at the site that needs it. Um, the There is a, a bit of alcohol in this tincture, um, and so that does cause in a little irritation to the to the gums, a little, little burning. Um, that would be more severe if you have a higher proof tincture. Um, all the herbs I'm going to be discussing here today were made in 40 or 50% alcohol, um, which I find fairly tolerable on the gums. Uh, some people are a little more sensitive to this than others, and some herbs we might make in a in a much stronger or much higher alcohol content. Um, and so with those, it's going to be a little more of a concern, and maybe you do dilute it a little bit with uh, with some water. Take a small sip of water into the mouth and then squirt the tincture into there and then move that mixed liquid over where you need it most. Uh, but again, with the tincture I had with Spilanthes, um, that was uh, not required. I was able to kind of just hold it there, again, for about 30 seconds, trying to keep it in contact, um, and then, you know, swallowing normally. Um, and uh, uh, you feel it continue to, to, to go to work or to continue to uh, exert an effect uh, in the gum and in the, in the nerve tissue there for a fair while afterward. Um, I've been putting a squirt of Spilanthes tincture in there, uh, every every few hours at this point. Last night it was about once an hour, uh, and I would feel pain relief for probably like 30, 45 minutes or so of that time, um, and then have a little bit of pain starting to emerge from there, starting to rise a bit, and then I'd be like, okay, time to get another, another squirt uh, and go ahead and put that right in there. And uh, that's how that's been going. Today, uh, every, every couple hours or every three hours has been uh, sufficient for me. Uh, some other herbs that I wanted to mention, though, um, in case you don't have access to Spilanthes um, or aren't able to get your hands on a, on a prepared tincture of the herb, uh, prickly ash and echinacea uh, actually have uh, similar uh, compounds. Um, these are called alchemides or sometimes isobutylamides, 
but uh, they are the, the thing that give the tingle. <laughs> so Prickly Ash uh, gets its name partly, well, okay, from the thorns that are all over it. Yeah, that's pretty prickly. Uh, but even if it didn't have those, it might have still gotten that name because, again, you squirt a tincture in your mouth or, you know, if you were to make a decoction or something and swish that around in the mouth, you do feel that tingling and that activation. Uh, and again, you can get that from a, a well-prepared echinacea uh, tincture as well. That's something that I, I actually look for um, if I'm, you know, sampling an echinacea tincture product or something like that. Uh, I want it to cause that tingling. I want it to, to give that effect. And that's uh, an indicator of, of part of the chemistry that I'm interested in from this plant. So um, any one of those plants, echinacea, you know, probably the, the commonest, uh, the one that you're most likely able to find um, at an herb shop or something like this. Uh, but uh, prickly ash, uh, spilanthes, all, all of these ones have, have a similarity in that effect. So their action is, is on the nerve. Um, and again, it is like initially that tingling kind of feeling, but then there's a pain relief that follows. Um, and like I said, that, that's been persisting for me for a pretty decent amount of time. The other aspect about spilanthes or prickly ash or echinacea that's relevant here is that they they do have some direct antimicrobial qualities of their own, like most plants do, honestly. Uh, but perhaps more of interest to us is that they stimulate uh, immunity, um, particularly in the places where you direct them. So this is well known about echinacea, uh, probably one of the most well-known herbs as an immune stimulant. Um, and so lots of folks are kind of familiar with that idea. But uh, the prickly ash and the spilanthes do partake of that quality. They are immune stimulants in their own right. Um, and so here where uh, we might have some damage, there might be some exposed tissue or something, we are going to be thinking about infection. And um, the next set of herbs I'm going to discuss are really about directly uh, addressing any pathogens that might be present. But it's always nice to combine that direct attack with uh, something that is going to wake up immunity or, or is going to improve the function of immune responders in the local area. And so, you know, the echinacea or prickly ash, or in my case, spilanthes, uh, are going to be contributing with that effect too. Okay, so I've been alternating that. Um, and, uh, you know, like every other, other dose or between doses of the, of the spilanthes, I've been taking uh, a rotation of berberine herbs. So uh, for me, that's been uh, starting with coptis or gold thread, coptis trifolia. Um, also working with golden seal because we happen to have some tincture around and also with a barberry tincture. Um, so all of these were primarily uh, of the root of the plant, uh, although I have a, the barberry is actually a mixture of the root and the leaves. So uh, these ones are not in here to uh, you know, reduce the pain of the, of the toothache. They're here to combat any infection that might be you know, associated with that pain. When you give a toothache, it could be a lot of different things. It could be that a nerve is exposed. It could be that, a, like in my case, like a filling has uh, degraded or, or broken out. Um, and there's uh, some, some nerve tissue or some, some pulp of the tooth or underlying structure that's now exposed and shouldn't be. So it's uh, you know, resulting in pain. But you can get toothaches for uh, problems that don't involve, you know, an actual damage to the tooth itself. Maybe there's inflammation in the gums, and that's causing some swelling, pressing on the nerve, registering as pain. Uh, and uh, it could be a, an infectious issue, uh, of course, too. So um, in really any of these cases, it's a good idea to have some antimicrobial herbs on rotation here uh, to 
again, combat any infection that could be part of the problem, uh, or to prevent any infection. So I, I'm feeling like my issue is a, a filling because last time I went in for a, a cleanup, they were like, ah, part of that seems to be not not really where it used to be, and <laughs> maybe that's going to become a problem down the line, but we, we had agreed to kind of watch and wait. Um, I'm really actually grateful to this particular dentist because that tends to be uh, tends to be their first uh, their first inclination um, rather than like let's do the expensive thing right away. Um, so uh, you know I appreciate that, but in this case maybe uh, maybe it wasn't the best idea. In any case, uh, like I said, I'm gonna go get that get that fixed up soon. But in the meantime, while I while I suspect that there's some exposed tissue there, uh, I want to get uh, occasional uh, dosing of some anti antimicrobial herbs. And these, these herbs, what they share in common is this compound berberine, uh, which is a powerful antimicrobial, as long as you get it where it needs to go, right? Um, so here I'm squirting it directly into the, the injured area, um, or the exposed area, and it's going to do a great job at clearing up any uh, microbial pathogens that might happen to be in there. Uh, bacteria, p potentially fungal issues, whatever else. Um, the reason that I have a rotation going is that with these berberine herbs, I find that to be most successful when we're combating any kind of kind of infectious issue uh, that, that that they can help with, right? So if that's a, a wound uh, on on the skin, um, if it's a, a bite that got infected, um, if it's uh, actually a, an intestinal infection or a stomach infection, these herbs can be helpful there as well. Um, and I always find that, that a rotation is best. So they all have berberine in common, but there are a number of other individual compounds that may occur in, in one or another species, right? So like golden seal, for instance, uh, famously contains a related alkaloid called hydrastine, um, which is also quite powerful as an antimicrobial. Um, it's also the, one of the major drivers of the astringency you get from golden seal, where it really will kind of dry up, um, you know, your sinuses, your your uh, your mouth mucosa. Uh, a lot of that's coming from the presence of hydrastine, um, and so you know each of the of the other ber berberine herbs like Oregon grape root or algarita, um, or again the the gold thread and the barberry that I've been working with. Um, they all have a, a varying complement of these related uh, substances, and that makes them more effective if you if you present uh, any pathogen with the same. Um, attack every time, then it's, it doesn't tend to be as successful as if you're varying things up. So here we have kind of a central, uh, you know, core approach that is is consistent across the uh, the set, but there is this variability uh, because each one is slightly different, slightly differently composed. Okay, uh, the third primary herb that I've been working with on rotation uh, over the last uh, day and a half here has been kava. Uh, and kava here is really kind of synthesizing both of these effects. Kava does have uh, a antimicrobial quality to it. It does have a nerve numbing quality to it. Um, and so it's really kind of doing uh, both of those sets of jobs. Kava um, does have a feeling of tingle that's that's initially present, but then there's a, a pronounced numbing sensation uh, that comes from this plant, and so of course that's helpful if you've got pain, <laughs> right? Uh, you take this uh, tincture, you squirt it right up into that corner of the mouth, right up against that tooth, and uh, you feel the pain relief pretty rapidly. So uh, I like to have kava on the rotation there uh, for that reason. Um, but also, you know, the herb does have a, a pretty good antimicrobial quality to it as well. 
you know, it's a root. It grows in hot, uh, damp uh, climates in the world. So it needs to have some capacity to defend itself against, you know, bacteria, fungi, other kinds of pathogens just to attack that plant. We can um, work with this herb in our own bodies and we can get some of that same effect, uh, some of that same kind of protection. So that's kava. Pretty straightforward. Uh, works well, relieves pain, helps fight infection, um, and uh, something I had around. So that's one I've been working with too. Right, so uh, those are the three that I've been working with. Spilanthes, uh, a berberine's rotation, and kava. These were all uh, herbs that I happened to have uh, on hand uh, in, in tincture format, and were also maybe some of the first ones that I noticed <laughs> when I was realizing that this was a problem that I needed to do something about and looking around for uh, candidates in the apothecary at home here. Uh, there are some other herbs that I, that I could have worked with and I, I might go ahead and work with um, over the next day or two uh, as I, as I uh, am waiting for my appointment and all that. Um, so the first uh, ones that I, I could think of would be meadow, uh, the, the herbs that contain salicylates in them. So I would be drawn first to meadowsweet there. Um, I find that for rapid absorption uh, and for, for dental issues, I tend to prefer meadowsweet over the other plants that contain salicylate content. Um, one uh, idea I have about that is that in meadowsweet, the salicylates are occurring as methyl salicylate. And so um, that's a, a lighter chemical, it's a smaller uh, molecule, and it seems like it's going to be more easily absorbed through mucous membranes and go to work on the tissue there. Uh, or through skin, for that matter. Um, so for that reason, we, I do tend to prefer to work with meadowsweet or wintergreen uh, would be another option uh, that, has, that has a similar compound in it uh, with rapid absorption. Um, and so that's those are those are two that I'm definitely going to uh, see if I've got a, a, a tincture bottle around that I can work with. Um, other salicylate herbs could include willow, uh, alder, cottonwood. Um, you know, a variety of, of other plants contain these compounds and. Um, I'm realizing I've launched right into discussion of like variants in salicylate content, but salicylates itself, okay, what are those, Rin? Uh, so these are some both anti-inflammatory and pain-relieving uh, compounds that are found in a pretty broad array of different herbs, but are most famous in, uh, again, these plants I've named, like willow, cottonwood, alder, meadowsweet, wintergreen. Um, there, are, there are others as well. Uh, birch, for instance, is another, another fantastic one. Um, and so they all contain uh, some form of what we call salicylic acid. Um, salicylic acid is sort of familiar to lots of folks in the form of aspirin, where that's a, you know, a, a synthesized version, um, and it's actually in the form of what's called acetyl salicylic acid. So that behaves a little bit differently from the salicylates that occur in plants. Um, one important thing is that aspirin can damage your stomach lining or your, um, your, the linings of your GI tract, uh, but the salicylates that occur in meadowsweet, willow, wintergreen, alder, birch, and friends, they don't have that risk. They can't cause that kind of damage. Um, so that's nice. I like to know that. Uh, and again, you know, any of these herbs is worth experimenting with for pain relief. Um, and again, as tincture, uh, squirt it right onto the area is going to be the most effective way. Um, but uh, my preference is going to be towards meadowsweet and wintergreen. So those would be the, the highlights for me there. Okay, uh, other herbs that I could have worked with, and I, I may go ahead to, uh, include sage. 
um, and other aromatic friends of that family. So you could think about uh, thyme, you could think about oregano, rosemary. Uh, those are all options that uh, uh, have a, a, good, a good likelihood of being beneficial here. These ones are more on the antimicrobial line. Um, they may have some pain-relieving effects as well, um, but these would be more of, uh, of that idea of varying up the, uh, the constituents that I'm using to combat infection. Um, so that's not only going to be done within the berberine world, but we can branch out and we can look at other uh, different varieties of constituent in plants uh, that are going to have this kind of activity. And those powerful aromatics uh, from sage or, or monarda, if you're lucky enough to have monarda available, um, they can really do that job quite well. So they are, uh, they are plants that we often turn to when we're looking for help with dental issues. Then there's clove. Uh, which uh, is also, you know, famous as a, a toothache-relieving uh, kind of an herbal remedy. Um, and some clove tincture works fast uh, to dull pain, uh, to quiet down that nerve signal. Um, and also, uh, clove, uh, through a similar set of, of mechanisms, is serving as an antimicrobial, right? So both acting on the nerve to relieve pain and to combat the infection. You can see why this is such a valued remedy uh, for these kinds of problems. So uh, clove for sure makes a great uh, support there. Um, other other aromatic plants with similar-ish kind of scents and flavors can be helpful. I actually have an anise, uh, it's like a star anise um, flavored uh, tooth powder that I brush with. And I was noticing last night that while I was brushing with that, uh, it's pretty it's pretty strong. You know, they have a pretty heavy hand with the, <laughs> with the essential oils that they mix into there. But... Um, but in any case, uh, brushing with that, I was feeling some pain relief just from the, the anise uh, and its aromatic constituents. So, you know, it's related uh, to clove and in, in, in its aromaticity and that kind of flavor profile, scent profile. Another option is myrrh, getting into resins now. Um, resins are just fantastic antimicrobials really across the entire spectrum. Um, and myrrh, uh, my experience working with this for dental pain is that it, it does taste warm. It does it does for sure feel like it's combating infection, and it has somewhat of a pain relieving quality. Um, it's not immense, but it's certainly present. Uh, maybe not as strong as clove, but it's it's there for sure. So um, I do like to work with myrrh. The issue with myrrh, though, is that a tincture of myrrh is going to have to be very high proof alcohol, probably ninety five percent. And so you're going to want to be a little more careful about how much. You know, maybe only a a fifth of a dropper or a quarter of a dropper instead of a full dropper and just try to be a little more precise about where you put it um, so that you're not causing irritation to surrounding tissues. And the same would go for the last thing I'll mention today, uh, propolis, right? So propolis is resin that bees have collected and then done some bee magic to um, and powered it up a bit. Uh, so propolis is also very powerful as an antimicrobial. Um, I haven't experienced a ton of pain relief working with that one on dental troubles, but um, it is, again, a good idea to vary up your antimicrobial approaches um, when, you're, when you're working with herbs in this way. So that would be another one to put in the rotation uh, for that side of the work. All right, so uh, again, not an exhaustive list. There's plenty of other plants that could help out, but these are some of the ones I've been working with uh, or plan to <laughs> uh, over the next couple of days. Um, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, the herbs are working. I, you know, I took a little bit of Spilanthes right before I got started, um, and I'm, I'm currently still not really feeling uh, 
any pain I need to do anything about, <laughs> you know? In another hour or so, it'll probably be time for another squirt, um, but I'm feeling pretty, pretty comfortable uh, in the moment. Um, and so I hope that this information is helpful um, and that you maybe consider getting some of these herbs on hand to keep in your home first aid kit um, to take care of folks around you just in case they start to get a toothache. Um, we've done that several times, you know, with visiting friends or, or in student groups. Um, I can remember one, one person in particular who, um, was kind of in an in-between place. They were an international student. This was in the, uh, the groups of students that I, I teach for the pharmacy schools, uh, here in town. Um, so, uh, so we get, we get students coming around on six week rotations and this person was about to finish one up and fly back home to South Korea. Um, but was in kind of a limbo where they were no longer able to get uh, medical or dental care through the school for like the remainder of this week, uh, but they, they didn't have access to their, their uh, overseas insurance either. So they were really stuck and in a lot of pain, but still showed up for class. Um, and I was like, all right, stop everything. Let's get you some Spilanthes. Um, squirted it in there. And uh, about two minutes later, I had kind of started teaching, but he was like, hey, it doesn't hurt anymore. And I'm like, yes, that's, that's cause the herbs work. <laughs> um, so, you know, that was, it's always nice when you can have that kind of experience. Um, and, uh, Spilanthes is trustworthy, you know? Um, so really all these herbs I've mentioned today are trustworthy and, and worth having around in this format. So you can take them when you need them. All right, everyone, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Uh, Katya and I will both be back next time with some more holistic herbalism podcast for you until then. Take care of yourselves, take care of each other, drink some tea, and don't forget to floss, okay? (laughs) Bye.